Blog Talk Radio. to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. March Madness in the air. I'm Richie Altman. This is Southern Sports Central, and I'm going to do it. You know I'm going to do it. We'll talk about the Lady Gamecocks here throughout tonight as they win another another, uh, another championship in the SEC. Of course, a lot of teams will be playing for that March Madness starting, well, well now, because a lot of those uh, conference championships will be kicking off here, so we'll be getting some, uh, some new conversations each and every show. As uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Hit us up on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Uh, the boys of the Gamecocks, not so good as much as the ladies go. I know the Tigers, they're doing some things over there. But tonight, oh, tonight, we're going to hang out with the high school group. Because I'm going to bring in a good buddy of mine who does it not only with his voice, he does it with the face because he's a TV guy, whether it be the football, now the basketball. Stacey Huff is one of the best in the biz. And with that, I bring him in on Southern Sports Central. Mr. Huff, what's going on on Monday night, buddy? Man, good to be here with you, Richie. Glad to be part of your show, man. You do a great job and always take time off from a good buddy down in the low country, Richie, man. Uh, how you doing? How you doing? Man, well, first of all, I, I'm impressed. I, I got to give my tip to the week. We made it. We have wrestling and basketball in a season that we didn't even think we were going to do outside events. And here they can they can tip their glasses of soda pop or whatever it is that sponsored them up there this weekend and say, you know what, we made it happen and, and we finished the season not only – regularly but we crowned some champions over the weekend and you got to call what three different games man so that had to be pretty deep, yeah huh? yeah yeah would have been four uh, it was a game postponed due to COVID the girls 5a we can talk about that or not later but that game may be may or may not be scheduled in the next two weeks but I was scheduled to do four out of the ten games but got to do three and I'm I'm thankful for that well let's let's start with the heavy hitter man Let, let's go big right let's start off with that that River Bluff beating Dorman. Now, I saw River Bluff. I called that game on the TV down here in Charleston because they came into Fort Worcester. And I got to tell you something. Everybody from the from, from who's on the court to who's on the on the side and, and, and rotating in and out, I knew that night when they took a 20-point lead into the end of the first period that this was a team that I thought could play with anybody in the state. And I was not surprised to see them win a state championship the other day. 
Yeah, I can't say. Well, I mean, I wasn't totally shocked or, or even maybe surprised, but I wouldn't. I probably would have liked most people favorite Dorman because until you see the king go down, the king stays on the throne. But I did River Bluff Dutch Fork, which is also the lower state finale as well. But I did review. I did uh, R- River Bluff uh, Dutch Fork about, about a month ago on our airways up here in like uh, Russia's Game of the Week up here in Columbia area, and I saw then. Uh, you know how good they were going to be. I seen Miles Tate and AAU. I mean Miles, oh, my goodness, pardon, pardon my, uh, my all these names in my head. Miles Jenkins for River Bluff, that was mm-hmm. senior, a uh, swing man. But I had seen him in some AAU over the years. I know his dad very well. I know his family. Um, and, and you know, coaching against his dad in some AAU. So I knew about Miles, but I saw the supporting cast, so to speak, and the system that Ben Lee has up in place. And I was like, you know what? These two teams are probably playing the fourth state, and you know, either one of these teams could give Dorman a better game than they had in the last two years in the title game. Yeah, and I agree with you as you talk about Miles Jenkins. I watched that young man do things inside the paint, outside the paint, along with the other four or ten guys that Listen. rotated in and out with him. That that was amazing the way that they are selfish or uh, selflessly. Let's make it, get it right here. Selflessly yeah. pass that yeah. ball around the way they did. They did, and let me just say it was a thrill to call that game. They have my voice and, and presence on the game. I mean, I'm just honored and humbled by that because that was that was a history making game. And I got into a couple of Dorman's wins, but to see them go down after four in a row, uh, me and Kerry Rich, we were just uh, you know impressed with the atmosphere, the electric uh, electric current running through the crowd. Man, it was a great scene. Um, but anyway, let me say this: so Miles, you know, Miles Jenkins is not a one man show, as you mentioned. They do have a great depth there. Um, they mm-hmm. do a great job of, of running their system. You know, be, you know Benjamin Lee and you know, Thomas Ryans are both off the off the Bailey Harris coaching trail at Lexington High School. So um, they both, play, you know, played under Bailey Harris and both coached under Bailey Harris. So they're familiar with each other. So they, they felt confident going into the ball game. And they, they liked their matchups, Richie. So if I, it does me a moment. Let me break this down real quick. Um, they knew that they, they, they knew that Dorman had nobody exactly like Miles Jenkins, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. Dorman had 6'11 and, and two or three six sevens on the team. They have two guards that are, you know, Zay Foster hit the big shots against Ridgeview and, and, and against Riverside to get him there. And all year long, he'll be quarterback at Benedict College next year. Uh, Zay Foster. But Jalen Brazil, the 5A player of the year, everybody knew about him coming in. He's a two-year starter, played with Miles Tate last year. Everybody knew all that. But what they didn't have is the 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guy that can play all over the floor with Miles Jenkins. And part of Benjamin Lee's strategy Richie was to isolate and get favorable matchups with the bigs or the small guys out, of, out at the top of the key against uh, you know, against Miles Jenkins. They felt like the little guys would get bullied and get deboed. That happened, and they felt like the big guys he would blow past them. That happened as well. To the tune of 31 points, eight rebounds, and four or five assists, and also had about four block shots in that game. He dominated. Yeah, I tell you that that to me was watching. Just again, I wasn't able to watch any of the other games other than the first and then the last. Well, the first of the playoffs and the last one in the playoffs. But man, what what, what a great great uh, performance! History making, like you said, there were just so many things. And, and the way that these kids are so disciplined. I mean, really, honestly, you know, they they make every shot they're given, whether it be the three pointer or it be the free throw. I mean, these kids aren't afraid to use that little square box on the backboard. And I think that's why you see their numbers and their ratings as far as percentages made on the free throws are so high. Absolutely. They got a young man that I'm going to give some love to on that River Bluff team named Preston Hearn. I saw him in that, you know, he's 6'5 off the bench for River Bluff. And by the way, they played more players in this game than Dorman. A lot of people were shocked by that. I was, especially, I thought Dorman was going to be deeper and play more players, but River Bluff went deeper on the bench. But Hearn, Preston Hearn, uh, 6'5 senior, he made shots when we saw him against Dutch Fork, and he made two threes I thought was critical in the first half and came in when it was crunch time in the fourth quarter and knocked down a couple of shots as well. So, again, as you mentioned, the discipline, they knew where the shots were going to be, Richie. They got in the right places. They ran their set. And when the time came, 
they knocked them down. Landon Stills, uh, you know, Malachi Reed, you know, Grayson Renner. Those, those guys knocked down the shots when it was time for them to make them to support Jenkins. But, you know, of course, it was a Jenkins show. And hats off the dormant as well. They ran their system. They played well. They just ran into a team that was, you know, having one of those nights and, you know, matched up with them well coaching-wise especially. Yeah, for sure, no doubt. We're hanging out in Columbia with one of the best in the business when it comes to high school sports. He's a voice. He's a face. He's a very familiar face here on Southern Sports Central. But on your TV screens with the Friday night lights, of course, up there on the uh, the guys up there in Columbia. They also, of course, he calls the state championship games. And the, look at him now doing it, uh, of course, as he always does it for the uh, the high school guys as well and the girls. By the way, don't want to leave the ladies out. Before we change Absolutely. gears and go to another game, uh, what's going on? What, what's in the water over there with these guys at River Bluff? Because I watched them do the same thing in the same round of football against the same team over a course at Fort Dorchester and a team that's very well disciplined. Again, it seems like this athletic director and the coaching staff overall seems to have something special building. Yeah. You know, first of all, they have great facilities and they got a good recruiting area. You know, Lexington Lexington is an area that we know is a booming area. There's room for a lot of, you know, a lot of talent over there. White knows over there. Lexington High, of course, always, they make runs in all kinds of sports, uh, you know, all across the, the sports landscape. And then River Bluff, the, you know, the newbies over there, um, they, you know, they got, you got to see, you know, they got the great football facilities, great baseball and softball facilities, soccer. Uh, you know, the, the football hosted the, the championship uh, games about four or five years ago. I got, to, I was fortunate enough to do those as well. The basketball gym would have been a, a site for the state championship game had school not been in session earlier in the week. It's that that gym is that nice. So with all that being said, they're going to get good players, man. And that, you know, and Ben Lee struggled early in his career. He's the only coach they've ever had there. They stuck with him for in his eighth year now, and he put it together, and the players eventually came out. And they built it, the weight room, everything came together, Richie. And when you had those facilities and that much, that much student body to choose from, eventually you're going to get a special group, like this senior group that led them to a title. No doubt about it. Hanging out with Stacey Huff. He's points. called three uh, of some of our big games here on the states of uh, South Carolina's high school state championship weekend here. Of course, it wrapped up this past weekend. But still one more game hopefully be played. The 5A ladies hopefully will get it in. It would be a just a disappointment if not. But, again, Absolutely. We'll just hope and pray, see what we can do. Now, let's talk about the other game, uh, Stacey. What was the, uh, the next game that you had on the team? Yeah, well, so, yeah, so the, Dover, the finale was there that we just talked about. Friday, I had the two games. Should have been three again. One was postponed, but the three games, uh, uh, the two games I did on Friday, Carrie, Rich, and myself, we did, we were blessed to do at 4 o'clock. It was Bishop England versus Keenan in the girls' 3A game. And, you know, the two teams played in 2019, and Bishop England defeated them. Keenan has Malaysia full while. If you don't know about her, please Google her. Number three ranked in the class of 2023 in the nation, according to Girls Hoops. Uh, she is an absolute show. Anything you can do on a basketball court other than dunk, she can do it. Shoot with either hand, handle it, ooze and eyes. And she went 10 for 31. Didn't shoot it great, but had 27 points, I believe, in the ball game. But the passes, she had two or three passes that the crowd, people are still buzzing about. One play, Richie, where she went behind the back twice. She did two wraparound dribbles <laughs> in, one, in one sequence and then came up with a, a behind-the-back pass at the end of all that. So three times around the world. Um, and, 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 and set up our teammate for a beautiful layup. And Bishop England, of course, always will coach with Coach Rooney. Um, they were down early. Keenan got off to a 14-0 start. Um, and then people thought, here we go. And then, you know, Bishop England being who they were, disciplined, they stayed with it and warmed down and made it a three-point game with a couple of minutes to play, two or three minutes to play in the ball game. They came on in the second half. And eventually, full while, they made some free throws. Some of her teammates stepped up and made free throws. And, of course, Keenan – Got there. Listen, here's a, tri- here's a trivia that I didn't know, and for all your listeners and you too, Richie, um, this is the first time Keenan ever won back-to-back girls championships. They won five just in the last uh, decade or so, 
But it's the first time they've all the tradition Keenan has in girl on the girl side. They've never won back to back until Friday. So they took that win over Bishop England in a hard fought game. But Malaysia Fulwiley is a player you want to circle your calendar. She's so usually you'll find Dawn Staley at her games uh, over at Keenan, <laughs> and only a sophomore. And Richie, this is her third championship. She's three and one in championship games as a tenth grader. Led them to a championship wow. in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, lost in eighth grade and, uh, to Bishop England and ninth and tenth grade. Let him back again. So she has four title appearances as a sophomore, three and one in title games, and who knows what happens the next two years. I think she's a young lady who's going to be a future McDonald's All-American on the girls' side coming out of the state of South Carolina. And I'm going to say this. We have got some really impressive ladies that play some basketball on Friday nights or Thursday or Wednesday, whatever night that they, of course, uh, put on and tighten up those uh, laces. I tell you, you know, you watch Bishop England. You mentioned them. Very great, well-coached-up girls, but it wasn't their night. Keenan, of course, comes in and wins this one. And, you know, I saw the picture. I'm actually looking at it. We had posted it right after they won their state championship. And, and to me, you know, that that right there, that picture where you see all those ladies holding the trophies, holding the signs, talking about the 2020, 2021 state championship, you know, there, of course, in uh, in the 3A uh, state classification. You know, those pictures say a thousand words, right? I mean, they've gone through so much. Absolutely. Some have started and stopped a few times, but this time, the yeah. only time they stopped is when the clock says zero and they get to come home with the trophy. That's exactly right. And talking, you know, talking to Coach Richard McClay, give him some love as well. He's five and three in state title mm-hmm. games. And uh, he's making his own name right there beside Zach Norris on the board tag. Keenan has two now legendary coaches. Five or three ain't bad in championship games. But Coach Rich McClain told me on the phone uh, this past week, you know, going into the game, he said, you know, the girls wanted to play COVID protocols. You know, for all the teenagers around the state and all sports, there's been a lot of adjustment for them. But the kids really wanted to play, so they did all they could. They double masked. They stayed the distance. They did all the things that it's hard for teenagers to do. They didn't socialize like they wanted to. They did it all because they knew they had a chance to come back and repeat as champions. And they you know, they put it together and uh, held together. You know, Keenan was shut down. You know, boys and girls side was shut down early in the season. Uh, November was rough for, the, you know, for them and some other schools around the state. And um, they came, they, you know, they held it together and put together, a again, a, a dream season. And they got a lot of those girls coming back with you, by the way. Now, let me ask you this. We're live right now. Stacey Huffy called a few of the good games down there, of course, in uh, the state championship version of high school hoops here in the great state of South Carolina. Now, out of the games that you, you either called or maybe you saw – what was your overall view? I mean, was there any other teams maybe you didn't call their game, but you kind of watched it from the TV, or you just kind of kept an eye on it because of social media? Anything kind of catch catch your eye out of the weekend or out of the week? Well, first of all, let me say I'm proud of all of them. The way my fire stick is set up, I didn't get to watch them from home, and I, I tried to get there and watch. I, really, I know Melvin Watson and I are cool. He's from Burt, Charleston, area guy, and you is a game mm-hmm. talk, and got to know Melvin a little bit over the years. I kind of wanted to see the 4A game end up being one of the best and most dramatic finishes. Didn't make it. On the way to Aiken, I stopped, got gas, got some eat, whatever. Long story short, I got there 10 minutes after the after the great finale, so I missed that one. I wanted to get there for the fourth quarter. Missed that game, but shout out to, to you know, you know, uh, you know, South Point. Shout, shout out to Marlboro County. West side of Anderson, my late wife's hometown. West side, um, Taft Roberts was a legend there. His daughter-in-law, many years later, wins the state championship. Emotional time for the West side community up there in Anderson, South Carolina. Shout out to all of our champions, um, you know, military magna uh, throughout the state. Man, I just want to say, you know, props to all of them. I didn't get to see a lot of games I didn't call. Um, but, again, uh, I, you, know, I, you know, the one with Melvin meant a lot to me because I've I seen Melvin that South Point program. Remember, it's a football school, Richard. You know that as well as I do. Right. Um, and to get those athletes out on the floor. And, you know, you know I saw the Kerry, Kerry joked on everybody and said, you know, Melvin – I told him, I said, man, I got, a, I got some defensive backs and wide receivers out here, man. Um, <laughs> but they put it together to win, to win, a, to win, to win a, a state 4A uh, basketball championship uh, uh, game that, uh, again, some people didn't see coming, but 
those guys have been together for a couple of years, and I think a lot of them were juniors. I do believe they'll come back, uh, and, and we'll see what they put together uh, as well. But uh, congratulations, Southside Christian boys. A lot, you know, shout out to all of them. We haven't talked about Christ Church yet, uh, the third game right. we did, but props to, all, props to all of our winners, man, and we'll break that game down whenever you say so. Yeah, we're going to do it here in just a little bit. But now, you know, another fellow Gamecock of ours, of course, you and I both Gamecocks as well. And of course, you just yes, mentioned South Point. But, but how much pressure is now on that football program? Because he was one of the first, their head coach, of course, former Gamecock, former NFL football great from the Cowboys, of course, now coaching at South Point. You know, when you see the basketball team winning a championship, it puts a little bit more heat on the rest of the programs, as we saw Coach Tanner do that for baseball. And it turned up the wick on football and basketball. And uh, now, yeah. now what do you think is happening over there at South Point? as uh, they're bringing home some gold and some hardware. Yeah, I think they're going to give our guys some, the side eye over at uh, <laughs> over on the football side now because, you know, and, again, you know, we got to just keep it, you know, I, you know, I always keep it a buck, man. I like to think yeah. a lot of my career, you know, I, you know, you know, I've always, you know, whatever little name I made is be keeping it really real, man. I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't harm people, but I try to tell, you know, be a straight shooter. So I got to say, man, you know, South Point's been hit by transfers and, the, you know, the rise of Fort mm. Mill and the rise of Nation Ford and the rise of, you know, uh, uh, you know, you can go on and on. You know, uh, uh, you know, up in the area, it's a lot of competition up there, you know. And I think South Point yeah, the hit really hard. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think they got hit really hard by you know players, you know, the spread spread out of talent of this. So they got to put it back together, right? Because you know there was a time when they won four in a row. I believe it was. I know they played for four in a row. Mm-hmm. I, I broadcast a couple of those games, so they got to get it back in there, man. But you know, they might be like everybody else now. You got to wait till a good cycle of kids come up. You can't necessarily put it together and hold it together two or three or four years like Dorman just did. That may be something of the past because kids cycle in and cycle out, not only because of trans, you know, I think just amazing amounts of transferring of kids, but also because sometimes you just get a special group, you know, kind of like the River Bluff kids did, and they just can keep them together and kind of like South Point did, and they'll rise up. And then after that, you got to, you know, hope you can put it together soon after that. South Point needs a special class to come through. And I heard from, uh, from a young man who I won't call a name who's on the football staff up there who says, they got a class, I think the sophomore, junior class, one of them up there, they think it's special. They think that group would not get out of there without a championship. So, we'll see. Should be a lot of fun. Before we head over, of course, talk about this Christchurch game. Uh, it was at Southside. It was Christchurch that you did, right, Stacey? Christchurch. Yeah, the Butler Boys. Yeah, okay. The Butler Boys. Yeah. Yep. So, we'll talk yep. about them in just a minute. But we do want to give a shout-out to River Bluff. Of course, they beat Dorman, South Point, beat Hilton, Marble County. How about that? The, the lower state finally yeah. getting on the board here. They beat, of course, yeah. uh, Seneca. Uh, we'll talk about this two-way game in just a second. Southside Christian, where did this school come from? But they have got players on multiple levels of different sports all across the state of yep. South Carolina. They take down, of course, Scott Branch. And the girls, it was Clover and Sumter. They're postponed. We'll wait here. If they get to play here in a couple of weeks. And the 4A, yep, Westside beating North Myrtle Beach. Keenan taking down Bishop Engling in 3A. 2A, Saluda. How about that? Tigers taking down Silver Bluff. And in 1A, how about, how about Military Magnet? bringing it home to the low country, beating Southside Christian in the 1A. Yes. So now let's go back. And, again, I mentioned Southside Christian. They did football, and they had both boys and girls in 1A basketball challenges here, man. That's pretty impressive for the school. It, it, it really it really is a private school up there, a charter school, however you want to put it. But shout out, first of all, shout out to Chasman Bradley and that group down at Military mm-hmm. Magnet. I did see some of that game as I was waiting to do, uh, you know, my, my dorming. Uh, River Bluff game. I did see a good bit of that game. Chasm Valley and the military made a shout out to them and their coaching staff uh, for winning that that one uh, A championship as well. But but yeah, so Southside Christian, you know, is a team again. They they they're on the map. They had some years, you know, a few years back. They was on the, they were on the radar. Made some runs in football. Um, but this is the first basketball chip for them, I do believe, uh, on the boys' right. side. 
But the girls' team looked pretty, you know, they, they acquitted themselves well against military magnet. But that school up there, man, and that's, you know, it's a source of controversy. People worry about the, the charter schools recruit and private schools, do they recruit and all this kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, the, the, the best player on the boys' team, I'm told, you know, he's been there. He, he's gone there all through his academic career. Uh, so he's a guy who's just been there. They didn't get him for somebody else. He, just, he was just there. So uh, I didn't get to see them play, but I heard a lot about them, and I kind of wish that's another game I kind of wish I would have gotten to see. But props to them, and Christ Church is in that same vein, you know, on the 2A boys' side. Right, and, and, and that's something that's going to be, of course, we'll wait and see. Now let's talk about Christ Church. They beat Wade Hampton. You called that game. Christ Church, another team. I mean, you know, when I see basketball – is it is it fair to say it's a lot like you see in, in college where college basketball, some of these schools kind of come out of nowhere, you know, because uh, it, it's just a different type of game than it is football. Uh, you, you see some of the smaller schools doing bigger things. Well, it's easy on the boys' side. First of all, let me shout out to Janae Dick. Didn't make it this year, but the girls' school at Christ Church has been there more often than not the last decade or so. Um, I can't remember the young lady that was there before, but they had a, a, a player that went to North Carolina and then transferred. And went. They, they, they had put top P5 players out of there. And then another young lady who I think went to uh, Newberry or, or Presbyterian or somewhere out of that program. But Janae Vicks didn't make it this year. But the girls' team has always been there. This is the first ever uh, upper state final and championship for the boys' team. But here's how that happened, Richie. John Butler, the coach, who I've known for many years, he's at Chiral for a while, Eau Claire, he's been around. This man has two sons. One is seven foot one, John Butler Jr., committed to Florida State. That's out of his household, so he didn't have to recruit him. That's his son. The sophomore team, the other son is six foot ten. He's got major offers, and they're, they're beastly players. They're both well-skilled players. They're only seven foot almost, seven one and six ten. They can handle it. They can shoot it. They can do whatever you want to do on the basketball court. And there are people now saying John Butler Jr. that's going to Florida State may be a one-and-done type kid at Florida State. That's how good he is um, to that team. And they also had stuff from Sam Perry. You remember Sam Perry playing at Clemson back oh, in the day? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, his nephew is on this on this cross-church team as well. I think he stole the show a little bit wow. in the second half. He had 19 points. He's a 6'2 junior guard. He'll be back next year with the 6'10 Butler brothers. Don't be surprised to see them guys come back. But um, Sam Perry had 19, man, as, as, a, as a wing guard. And they got a freshman guard. Some are calling one of the best freshman guards uh, in the state, a kid by the name of DJ, and I'll get his name in just a moment. Um, but uh, they, they're loaded, man. That's a good team. And they played a, you know, a way to handle a team that's tallest player, 6'4". Uh, Brandon Brantley, he, he, Erskine interest and other interests. Brandon Brantley is an all-state player. And they were there last year. If you remember, um, this Wade Hampton team lost three A boys last year. Um, and then they went down to 2A this year and came back and ran into a buzzsaw in Christchurch with two basically seven-footers and a bunch of players around them that can play and they're well-coached. So it was a rough rough go the last two years for Wade Hampton. They had two good teams that ran into just buzzsaws. Man, I tell you what, there was a lot of excitement around the great state of South Carolina. And, again, I tip my cap to, to the commissioner who, you know, I don't know what we did right, though, Stacey, because we actually had the commissioner on this show a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, like I know, he doesn't do a lot of radio shows. He doesn't do a lot of TVs. But for us to get him, and, and it felt like he was sitting in his recliner back home uh, up there in Columbia just relaxing and just talking sports with us. So it means a lot to see the success for the entire league you know, get this reward and get this check off uh, on the list of we got to make sure this happens. And remember, you know, AAU took a big hit this year because of COVID. There was not a, a, a warm-up season for these young men and women, right? I mean, so for me, y- yeah. you look at all these things that they had to overcome, right? There wasn't a, a preseason practice, none of that. These kids had to come in and get after it. You know, I do feel hard for the right. Dorchester County kids because they stopped at December 15th. They started back in February 1st. That's a month and a half. And then we're told they had to speed date through their, through their region, which I think is kind of tough. But, uh, again, 
we saw that same antidote in the upstate for football. So what's your thought overall when it comes down to seeing the wrestling and, of course, now basketball? Both of these have concluded after this weekend. Minus the girls. I give a lot of props and credit to the coaches and athletes and, you know, wrestling, football, basketball. Up to this point, everybody, man, but it was rough in basketball in a lot of ways. You mentioned Dorchester County. They really got hit hard, but that's a severe example but even on a lesser a lesser example, you know, they hit like I said, hit wrestling as well. I don't want to ever leave them out. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I've seen basketball teams here that they went with one practice. You know, <laughs> that's not that's just unheard of. And it's a con- it's a continuity sport. You know, and, and you know it's a, it's a you know it's inner working of five people. It's intertwined. It's, it's body movement. It's, it's team chemistry. It's, you know, it's reading each other's eyes. Some of those things were missed this year. So I give credit for those who finished and you know struggled through and got through the best way they could. But it could not have been easy for the coaches. And, you know, every coach I talked to, I asked one question for every game I did with 11 regular season football games, plus I did like three or four championship games, six regular season basketball games, plus three championship, whatever. Every every time I asked the coaches, Richie, how did the kids handle it? And basically, in so many words, to sum it up, the kids handled it better than the adults a lot of times because they just wanted to play. They didn't spend as much time complaining and making making it political. And they were like, what what do we need to do to play? And we're going to do that thing you just said. You just said, tell us what it is, and we're going to do that thing. You know, we want us to go over here, we'll go over there. You want us to move, you want us to go home. They did what it took, for the most part, to continue to play. And I give them credit, everyone, but especially these youngsters. Richie, how long has it been since we were teenagers? How hard is it to get a teenager to not coach a lot? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I got one in my house right here. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's not easy. It's not easy. They had, some, they, had to, they had to do all that differently, man. Not going. And then how about getting a good win on a Friday night? You can't even go get an attaboy on Monday with your teammates and with your classmates. Mm-mm. You can't be the, the, the campus hero because there's no campus. Right. Yeah. How does that? Yeah. No pep rally, but that was the whole thing. I, listen, I played football one year and I was in it for the pep rallies, brother. I was in it for that. I wasn't, I wasn't a good football player. I was in it for the pep rallies and to be cool, look cool to the cheerleaders. So without, that's the only reason I played. I was a football, I was a basketball, baseball guy, but I would play football in one year in high school, in Chesterfield high school, because I was in it for the pep rallies. So think about taking all that away from these guys, man. It's, it's amazing, right. man. You know, I just got to give them credit for the mental toughness they show, mental toughness. Right. And, and we talk about, as we're wrapping up here with one of the great ones in the great state of South Carolina, Stacey Huff, of course, he's part of that Watch Fox football Friday night lights. He's, of course, doing it Monday through Sunday with high school basketball. And, of course, always a face and a voice year when it's state championship time around uh, the uh, great state of South Carolina. Of course, you know, for, for me, I spoke to a young lady who's an athlete over Somerville, and she said, you know, the one thing, Mr. Ritchie, that, that I don't think anybody realizes, and we have a heavy heart for those in the class of 2020, but what about us in 21? We didn't, at least most of those guys and girls all had pep rally. School got canceled right. towards the end right, of the season. Right. These young athletes right, right. never got their – they never got a pep rally. They won't have a senior never, trip, never, right? I mean, there's a lot never, of things that. that we took for granted that. that now they'll be able to kind of look back, and I hope these kids coming up, in the 22 class, because I hope, good Lord willing, that the creeks don't rise and pep rallies happen once again in this new year. You know, I, I hope these kids remember, and I say this to all these coaches that come on our show, do we, do we get that opportunity to take advantage of now looking at these kids and say, hey, you remember what it's like not to have it, so hopefully they appreciate it now that it comes back. This will be an era that will never be forgotten, though. It'll be the year of we had no NCAA tournament, the year we had no baseball and spring sports in South Carolina and some other states. The year, the year of or the, or the era of uh, spring football that they're doing in North Carolina. It's just a weird thing, man. And by the way, DJ Harvey was a kid from Christchurch. I don't want to ever say half a name. But anyway, but it's a weird time, Richie, and, we, and it'll never be forgotten. We'll all talk about this forever, and these kids always tell the story. They'll be like, that, that was that one year. You know, there's, mm. there's seniors now. Like, I was on a, a Carter Newman basketball game, and um, 
you know, uh, uh, little Miss Hogan, the young lady Jessica, um, I can't remember her first name, but little Hogan just committed and had a signing day. And I remember doing her game on in basketball. I said, you know, I said, what? I can't remember what. She had that game winning home run to win the Skis of Softball Championship for Carter Newman. And I was like, was that last year? I was like, that's two years ago. She did. So she was a sophomore and she didn't get to defend her. Now she's a senior, already announced a college, and she hasn't played another game since then. You know how weird that is? Think about wow. it. You win, a, you win a state championship in 2019, and you're now 2021 touching the field officially again. And you, you can't even – I mean, it's like, it's like forever when you won a state championship. She's at a defending championship to Carter Newman. She's a hero. And it's like, do I even remember – how does this even work? I don't even know. You know, wow. the whole world has happened since, 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 uh, since 2019 spring. Just think about it. That's, that's amazing. Um, that, but, again, that, this is what they have to live with. And they'll tell their grandkids about it, man. We'll all remember how things changed in 2020 and into 2021. I hope this is the end of it, uh, you know, the months ahead. I hope, I hope we finally, finally uh, get on back to close to reality soon. Yeah, me and you both, as we're wrapping it up here with one of the great ones, Stacey Huff, of course, a face and a place and a voice that you hear when there's a state championship game or even Friday night lights around the state of South Carolina. Final question I got for you, because you've watched a lot of sports. You and I are, are a little yes, older than some of the young men and women we're talking about. Yes, sir. What is the difference in, in the upstate from the lower state, man? Eugene and I did a nice graphic a while back in the last few years, man. And the upstate, even in the basketball now, and, and you saw it in wrestling where the upstate is so far. It seems like there's that big separation between what they do up there and what they do down in the lower state. What, what do you contribute to the difference in how they're winning more week after week or, I guess, uh, championship after championship in the last so many years? Well, again, I try, you know, I try to keep my credibility being what it is, Richard. And in doing so, sometimes I have to say, you know what, I don't necessarily really know that one. So I don't, when I don't know, I'll say, that's, a good, <laughs> you know, that's not the first time I've heard the topic, Richard. I've had this conversation right. with – actually, actually, oddly enough, I was talking to a basketball referee um, some months ago, mm-hmm. and it came up with just about state – we were talking about statewide, you know, vibes and flows and patterns. And it kind of came up like basketball, you know, it seems to be, the, you know, the Greenville – Columbia, Columbia on up almost. And, um, right. and you know, football even, you know – even some of the others, but it's like I don't. I'm not sure because the weather's great. The training should be there. Um, you guys right. have a lot of schools, and I know every area is growing. You know, the Columbia area is growing. Greenville, Lord knows, has I can't keep up with the new schools up in the you know Greenville area, Spartanburg, and all, up above there. But um, you guys have a lot, a lot of talent. I wonder sometimes, though. I will say this: I don't know. First answer is I don't know. Right. But I wonder is the talent too spread out? I wonder too diluted. Yeah. Um, in that right. area, I think that that, may, that could be the case. Now you have Oceanside down there, and that, no knock on anybody. They're down there, and you guys are sharing a lot of talent, but you're sharing with a lot of schools. And I, I just wonder sometimes is it too diluted for any one team to ever do what a Dorman just did up at Spartanburg, that one county school that that, that really has the bulk of you know bulk of the players wanting to come over there and play, um, you know, and do do that. Ridge, you just won three in a row, you know. I, I wonder, you know, how is how is it, it going to work down there? Because I don't see that one school galvanizing the talent like that in the, in the low country. Yeah, you're exactly you're exactly right, and, and I agree with you. I think that, that it, and from the lower state, you know, down, it, it seems to be uh, maybe diluted would be a good question. Again, I, I'm not saying that we don't have great athletes in the low country no, or the lower I'm state. So I'm with you on that. But but my thing is, you know, like Somerville back in the day, they used to be the powerhouse, right? It was Somerville, it was right. Gaffney, it was Irmo, right? And those were the but games no, that you would there always was no hear. Fort was there was no Fort Dorchester back then. There was no Fort Dorchester or, back then. Or know, no when, Ashley when Rich. Right, you know what I'm saying? Ashley Ridge. You can go on and on. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The school, Wando, right. wasn't around in the, real, in the real heyday of Somerville. So I'm saying those kids have so many more options now. And, you know, it, it, sometimes you get it where, you know, one school will still step up and for at least a two or three run, year runners we've seen, they'll galvanize and get a bunch of kids that, like, come and play together. Or for whatever reason, they'll load up 
and, you know, and it's, like I said, it's cyclical. But I haven't seen that cycle come out of the, out of the you know, out of the low country because it's it's dog eat dog up here in Columbia too. Kids jumping around mm-hmm. and a lot of competition, but somehow Ridgeview wins three in a row. You know, you know, you're seeing you know, Blythe was consistently put together strong baseball and, and, and softball. So you know, on and on and on. Um, AC right. Florida does what they do in baseball up here. So for some reason, they, they got you know some schools are galvanizing and making these three, four, five year runs. And I just don't know where it's going to come next. It's exciting to me when it's spread out, though. So I look forward to seeing, you know, a team from the lower state come up and put together maybe some kind of dynasty that we're talking about and everybody's really aiming for. Like, like Goose Creek did for a few years back in the day. I did those yeah. games. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, and Fort Dorchester for a few years. But Goose Creek had a power where they were, you know, I, you know, I saw them come, come up to, to up here and blow, you know, blow uh, Dutch Fork off the map. And they blew them out Chuck Reedy days. So right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that game on TV and eight. And I and the, I can't remember the coach's name. They coached at Carolina, you know, former college coach. He told me he's coming into the game. He said we won't. He said we won't punt. We're not gonna punt. And they didn't. <laughs> they can't play this they, they did not punt. I so, love it, and that's okay, why those, we do. Those, we do. Those, those well, Stacey, I tell you what, watch out this year. We'll finish it with this here, man. Uh, watch out for Somerville. Watch out for Berkeley. And watch out for Wando and 5A baseball. Of course, on the other side, 3A, you've got Bishop England. You've got Oceanside. Those are some pretty good hitters down there. Hanahan, uh, we'll, we'll see what those guys can put together. So, I think baseball, we're pretty good. Softball, Somerville looks to be rolling pretty good. Ford Winchester's got some pretty good hitters over there. Of course, uh, Lindsey LaPrade, which is Coach LaPrade's daughter, runs that program. Yep. So, we'll, we'll wait and we'll see. And, We'll get you back on. I'm going to do more of this. It's my fault. I feel bad. We should have been doing this for some time. I know you're a busy man, and you can, of course, uh, give yourself an opportunity to plug yourself on your Saturday morning thing. Because one thing I enjoy Saturday is I sit there and I wake up and I watch you kind of go through, and me and about 20 to, to 100 of us uh, chime in with you on Saturday morning. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, just a little thing I'm doing on the side right now while I decide whether I want to ever do a podcast again. I did one a few years ago, but right now, in between radio shows and podcasts, I do a Facebook Live show. It's Huff Nation Sports. My Facebook page, please follow the page if you want to, H-O-U-G-H Nation Sports on Facebook. And I do about an hour, hour 15 show every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And I have guests come on and talk with me. People can type in their comments, and I just kind of do a, a one-hour or so recap of the week and share my opinions on things going on around high school, college, and pro sports. And and especially the Midlands, you know, I usually talk about the game I covered that week and some of the outstanding young players that may or may not be getting uh, the attention they deserve. And Richie, Richie pops up there. My guy Richie pops up <laughs> on there, and I see him. And I always give you some love when you do it, man. Uh, always, yes, always do. glad to have you uh, around, man. Appreciate you letting me be on your show as well, sir. Well, you know, my goal in life, and again, I need to echo this to a commissioner as well, but to you, is I would love an opportunity to call, I don't care what game it is, one through five on Friday, uh, Friday Night Lights, uh, do the championship game with you up there at Williams Bryce, wherever they put it that year, man. It would be an honor. I'll stand on the sideline and be your sideline guy, but it would be an honor <laughs> to work with you on the on a TV screen, man. I'm actually uh, looking forward to doing some new things this year, which uh, I'll be announcing some stuff here shortly, but, uh, you know, no, no, for we'll, what we'll, you we'll, do, we'll, man, we'll, I appreciate we'll, it. No doubt. I'll plug, you know, I plug your name anytime I can. And St. Cloud Media kind of tells me what to do. But I'll throw out whatever little weight I got. I'll throw you out there when I can. You know, I think a lot of what you do, man. I appreciate you. Hopefully we do work together. If nothing else, let's work together right here and do some stuff. But TV down the road, who knows? Let's see if we can make it happen. Amen, brother. Hey, God bless. Take care. Uh, take care of the babies down there, up there in Columbia, man. Until next time, stay yes, safe. Yes, sir. See you later, brother. All right, guys, there you go. Stacy Huff from Up Nation. The guy does a great job, by the way. I mean, the, the passion of what he brings to the table on a Friday night at Watch Fox with him and Mike Uva and a few other good guys over there. Or, or will you watch what Stacy did this past weekend? I mean, just the passion, the energy, you know, uh, the guys that do and the ladies that do what we do 
for our young athletes across any state. It doesn't just have to be South Carolina. It could be North Carolina. It could be Georgia. It could be anywhere from here to there to everywhere. You know, you would not even – you couldn't imagine the, the time that we put into preparing for these games. The easiest part to do what he does is to be at that game. The hardest part is to prepare to be great before the, the light turns green and he goes live because that's when all the homework's done. That's when all the preparation – it's no different than you athletes that go into the gym – Monday through Thursday, and then have to flex your muscles on a Friday night. Well, we do the same thing. Best believe we don't want to get your name wrong. Because not because of your father. No, no. It's because of your grandmother, your mother. Oh, your name means the world. Trust and believe. Daddy just wants to make we get your touchdown in your name there. That's, that's what they mean. Mamas, grandmamas, no. That last name is a big, big, big deal. And his last name, Mr. Huff, Stacey Huff, is always a big deal. And we greatly appreciate his opportunities that he brings us to educate, entertain, and bring in some energy on Southern Sports Central, guys. We got a little bit of a uh, delay here waiting on Langston Wirtz. He's with the Charlotte Observer. Of course, Charlotte is right there hanging out in football country right now. Friday night lights in the spring. Oh, it's a thing. It is definitely a thing up there in the Tar Heels state. How about this? Tar Heels of North Carolina beating Duke in fashion. Bring out the brooms and sweep up the Blue Devils, if you will, because they did that this weekend. So there is some excitement happening around the state of North Carolina, a little bit of normalcy and yet unnormalcy, if you will. We're taking a break. We'll come back. Hopefully we'll be catching up with the Charlotte Observer's very own Langston Warts right out of this guy. Don't go anywhere. It is Southern Sports Central right here, hanging out with you on a Monday afternoon, guys. claps we're ready tonight three claps three claps three claps 27 years ago i sat in this locker room just like you guys on a knee getting ready to play a game i walked down the locker room it still smells the same it takes you back real quick one of the things that caught me was how fast 27 years goes by There's so many people that live vicariously through you. I would give anything tonight to jump in one of these uniforms with you guys. Let's do something I never had an opportunity to do. My father never saw me play. You play for your father tonight. That feeling goes away. It goes away, and it doesn't come every Friday night. It comes when you get married. It comes when your child's born. So you get it. But you just don't get it every Friday night. You're going to miss that more than anything in the world. That's what I miss. And so you seniors that are focused on college, you're focused on your work after high school, what you're going to do next, you're focused on tomorrow, aren't you? You've got plenty of time for tomorrow. But these tonights, they're going by fast. You focus on tonight. This is about you guys. This is about the guys in this room that care about each other, that know there's only so many more of these nights left. It's about you. They're a faceless opponent. They just happen to draw the short straw tonight. Now get your asses ready to play. Win on three. One, two, three. Win. 
Now, for the utmost reports on sports of all sorts, let's join Richie Altman and Eugene Benton on Southern Sports Central. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Altman. This is Southern Sports Central. Follow me on Twitter at Richie Altman. That's at R-I-C-H-I-E-A-L-T-M-A-N. You can also follow the show at S-O Sports Central. One-stop shop for all the things in the world of sports here. You can find us on the book, Facebook. We're doing a little of that as well at Southern Sports Central. Welcome all the new members. Man, we just hit stride this weekend, if you will. And, of course, we're hanging out on the gram over there on Instagram at Southern Sports Central as well. So we do a little bit of everything right here. We talk high school. We talk college. We'll talk pros. We'll do it all. We don't know about it. We'll get somebody in here. They can be about it. Again, I'm not a hockey guy, but I'll find you a hockey guy. One thing I do know is uh, we'll have to wait and see what Mr. Langston Works is going to do from the Charlotte Observer. Again, in the world we live in, football is known as, of course, this would be called an audible in, in football lingo. And, of course, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, maybe something happened. Uh, Eugene will be joining me about 7 o'clock. He's got something between 6 and 7. So, you know, uh, you know, Eugene, of course, uh, does a, a great bit of things on and off the air. Uh, we're very busy. Of course, uh, back in action tomorrow night. Don't forget, you can catch up with Everett Sands, former Gamecock uh, running back coach, also former running back coach of a couple of other stops. He was at Coastal. He was at the Citadel. He was at the University of Texas, San Antonio. He played at the Citadel. He played at Conway High School. We don't hold that against him on this show. He's a tiger on Friday Night Lights, uh, but he, of course, uh, is a Southern Sports Central big-time guy on a Tuesday night from 6 to 9, the West Foundation Sports Show, heard here and only here on Southern Sports Central. Great guest list. He's got doctored up for tomorrow night. We'll get that out there on our social media outlooks. And then back, ready to roll. We'll be here on Wednesday night already loading up our five-star guest list, and the red carpet will be rolling out at 6 to 9. Then on Friday morning, back by popular demand, Brandon Bisco being Sports Unlimited, uh, he is ready to roll. I talked to him today. Uh, of course, you guys know he lost his mom a, a few weeks back. So he's been able to get through that. He's dealt with some health things as well. He's gotten through that. He feels pretty good about Friday mornings live from the Grand Strand of Myrtle Beach and our Myrtle Beach studios up there uh, in uh, that side of the world. So we've got you coming from Columbia to the Grand Strand to Charleston. South Carolina, the triangle of love, if you will, when it comes down to it. We're working on a show out of Greenville. We'll get with that, hopefully, and maybe even Rock Vegas, Rock Hill. If you guys are looking at doing some things with us here as well. That's what we want to do, smother and cover you guys with all of our goodness here on the state of South Carolina stuff. Now, let's talk some other stuff that I'm going to table. I'm going to put on the shelf our uh, conversation of Friday Night Lights for the guys in the North Carolina state. We'll get back into that one maybe later this week or next week. That being said, this is something I want to talk about. Let's do some house cleaning. Guys, mamas and daddies, I need you to listen up, all right? And I'm going to play something for Frank Martin. It talks about parents coaching from the stands, or in this case, 
coaching from your cell phone. What does that mean, Rich? That means get off of social media, venting about what you feel, because they can see what you say. And you think you want them to see it, but oh, trust me, you do not. All right? That's a selfish act. And it's a hard thing for your son. It's a hard thing for your son to, or daughter, ladies, I'm not going to leave you out. It's a hard thing for your athletes, your student athletes to overcome when mamas and daddies get outside their lane. You got to trust the coaches. 99% of these coaches have either played that sport at multiple levels higher than where they're coaching, or they know a hell of a lot more about it than you do. But yet, you, I get, want to be that parent that takes up for your kid, and that's fine. You know, kids, I tell our young athletes all the time, yeah, I hear this, well, he's got favorites. Well, then, daggone it, be his favorite. If that's what it takes, that's a pretty easy, there's the answer, go be his favorite. But for you parents, I want you to listen to Frank Martin here. This is a couple minutes, and I want to play it because we got some time now because of our, our, our guest who wasn't able to make it in tonight. That's all right. Uh, Frank Martin talks about parents coaching from the stands. And, and, and go ahead and put this in, coaching from their cell phones, be it text messaging, be it Twitter, be it Facebook. Let me tell you something. Darkness, it may be only dark to you, but it comes to light. Trust and believe me. This thing finds a way to getting to the individuals who you speak of. So mindful of the things when you hit sin. Let me ask you hear from a pretty good coach when it comes down to getting a point across, Frank Martin, the head basketball coach for the University of South Carolina. I know this. I'm the most animated coach that you've probably ever seen when my team's playing. I go watch my kids play. I don't say boo. I don't wave my arms. I don't try to coach my kids. With all due respect to most parents out there, I probably know more about basketball than most of them, okay? But I sit in the stands, and I don't say a word. There's two guys refereeing a fourth-grade game on a Sunday morning. What can they possibly be making? 20 bucks a game? I used to do that. I used to make $12 for 10 and under, 15 for 15 and under, and 17 or 18 bucks for high school age kids. So on a Sunday morning, instead of being in church, those guys are out there trying to make a couple bucks to pay their bills, feed their families. Do you think they really care what fourth grade team wins? Do you really think that they like sat at home and said, I can't wait to officiate that game tomorrow because that one team, I can't wait to get that 10-year-old kid and embarrass them in front of people. Do you really think that's what they're doing? I don't try to tell my kid how they should play. You know what I told my two boys when they come at me? Why are you asking me, man? I didn't run your practice. Go talk to your coach. But don't talk about your coach in front of me, man. Because if you are, then you're not playing basketball. You don't understand why you didn't play better? Go talk to your coach. I'm not your coach. I'm your dad. Somebody disrespects you, then I'm here. If you fail, good. Deal with it. I'm going to help you get up. But don't come talk to me about coaching. I I do this for a living, man. I'm not going to criticize a guy that's trying to help you. And then the other part. So that's the officials. You think those coaches coaching fourth-grade kids are making any money? So there's someone that's giving of their personal time on a Sunday for free to help other people's children, yet we're going to have the adults in the stands yelling obscenities at the officials criticizing every decision the coach makes, yelling at the kids like the kids, they're 10 years old, man. Like if there were LeBron James and Dwayne Wade playing in the NBA Finals, like, like 
they know how to handle their coach over here and their parent over here yelling at them, then we wonder why kids get confused, man, why kids rebel, why kids don't know how to listen. How can you listen when you got so many voices in your head at the same time? You know what life teaches you? Shut things off. And that's that's the part that's frustrating to me. It's if, if someone so wants to be so animated when there's a basketball game going on, then go coach the team. Go run practices. Show up every day at six o'clock at night and run an hour and a half practice. And then you got your team to coach or be an assistant coach. Sit on the bench, yell all you want. I don't care if people on the bench yell at my kids. I got two boys. I, if they don't deal with my children, they won't be on my children won't be on their team. My my child acts up or doesn't do things the way that they're expected to do things by them, not me. And they let it happen, I'm taking my son off the team. I want my son to be challenged. I'm my both of my boys. I want them to grow up. I want them to understand what life's about. But that's the part that's sad, man. There you see, of course, uh, Frank Martin talking about, you know, a, a lot of different things. And I, and I hope wherever you are in, in your, your time right now, when it comes down to your, to your kids, moms and dads, I hope you heard what he said. And, and I hope it hit uh, with you so that you can, uh, you can adjust. Because and I, I've, you know, look, I'm a parent of, of, of four kids. And don't think for one minute that there's not times I want to run out there and, and coach up, do what I got to do. But I got to be honest with you, I, I, I don't. I played ball at the next level. I know what it takes to get baseball to the next spot. But I love sitting down on the far right side of the of the of the foul pole right down there in the bottom of the of the outfield, sunflower seeds, and let them coach them up. That's just what I do. Now we got breaking news here. Oh, we got some breaking. New at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. One of the great ones. I wish I had a theme. I wish I had their, their song because my big man, Sully Harden, committed to East Carolina. Man, what's going on? Sully. Hey, how you doing? Brother, I love it, man. I mean, you know, it, it's a 30-second request and a two-second response to say, first off, I'd like to thank God, the man above, for everything He's done to my life. I would like to thank my parents for everything they've done for me and all the sacrifices they've made for me in order to be in the position I'm in today. Next, I'm going to thank my coach, Wilson. Of course, you want to mention other coaches and the entire Myrtle Beach coaching staff as well, guiding me and making a better, uh, making me better every day. I want to thank Myrtle Beach High School and every coach, teacher, trainer who's ever helped me be the best that I can be. I would also like to thank Coach Tesh and the coaches for giving me this opportunity at great university. With that, you're 100% committed to East Carolina, buddy. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, really, I'm just just like I said, all glory to God. I wouldn't be here without it for sure. And for sure, thankful for my parents. They've ran me across the southeast now for a while, and I guess now it's good that I get to, I get to settle down. So, just really excited to say I've found a good place to call home for the next four years, and I'm really excited to get up there and start working. And you and you already know a few faces up there. Mr. Garcia, former quarterback at Carolina Force, he'll be there waiting on you, right? Uh, there's a couple yes, of other sir, cats and, uh, that I know Mr. as Josh. well. Yeah. Yes, sir, Mr. Josh Murphy. So how big was it, man? Because uh, you, you and I got a chance to hang out at the beginning of the year. You know, you and I were thinking about maybe – 
forcing them to let you play quarterback on our senior bowl. But you know what? Well, you did it big on the side. You did it big in the kitchen game. But but how how stressful, man? Because this is an unprecedented season. With, with you guys, really, you had to go outside the box and around the box a bunch of times, and you did that with traveling. Like you mentioned, your mom and dad shaking you all over God's green earth, and great to recognize that. I think that's a big one. But but how hard was it to get this decision? And then how much relief do you have here on a, uh, the eighth day of March, knowing that it's all said and done? Uh, the relief, that's, that's the biggest thing I'm feeling because Right now, like, ever since freshman year, I started football. Kind of Coach Wilson came up to me and asked me to kick. I started doing it. I liked it early, fell in love with it, and I kind of realized I was kind of going in the right direction with it all. But just like you said, relief. Like, I'm really glad I found a great place to call home for the next four years and really excited to get up there and work. Now, it's a beautiful campus, and it's got a lot of great things to offer academically as well as you're going to see athletically. But what was the big push? What was the final decision for Sully to say, that's home, that's where I'm going to go and, and write my next chapter in the world of not only academics but athletics? Uh, yeah, that's, that's an easy one. Um, through all this COVID, that school has stayed with me, and that school has been strong with me. I'll actually send you a picture here in a few minutes. Sophomore year is actually when I started talking to them, I went up there on a visit, and no matter what happened, like say I didn't have one of the best games, that was the school that still stayed with me. That was the school that said keep your chin up, and that was the school that really made me feel like uh, that they wanted me there, like I could make an impact there. A huge impact. Now, academics, and again, we know you're going to do some football things on a Saturday, Thursday, or any other night that the Pirates are rolling through the world of football. But but academically, man, what was it, the academics, and what are you looking to major in? Have you kind of put that into play yet? Yes, sir, absolutely. Um, right now I'm looking into nursing because everyone in my family is big into nursing. It's a really good, stable career, and it's something that uh, I feel like I can make uh, – fair living off of and that's all I'm looking for honestly I'm really interested in the body how it works I'm not really sure what in the nursing field yet but that's just going to be my major for now it could change could not but that's what I'm looking at right now and brother I'm gonna tell you something what I do know about nursing being down here in Charleston there's there's a very high need for male nurses man and and you know what's interesting your personality is going to fit great you know Robin Williams played a movie where he was a doctor, but he really wanted to do it because he wanted to cheer up the kids that he was around. I could see you being one of those kind of guys that would go into a room and and right off the rip, have one of those big red noses just to cheer up a kid who may be dealing with something that could be, you know, life ending. That's all it is. Like at the end of the day, everyone has different reasons for things they do, but like, just like, I mean, you can kind of see it. Like I love helping people. I love being able to walk into a room just like you said and change someone's life like putting a smile on someone's face you can't really pay for that and especially these days with everything we have going on you really cannot pay for that and that's why I feel like uh that's why I'm interested in what I am I love helping people I really do man I tell you what and and no matter for you guys who've never met this young man it's that same thing whether he's walking into the restaurant in Myrtle Beach on the Grand Strand or he's down here in Charleston or in Somerville walking into the hotel lobby because he's getting ready to play in this big senior game. Everybody just, just waits for that next thing that you're going to say. And, again, you know, you, you do it with a, a smile on your face, and I think it's a vibe that is contagious. And you're seeing that with your, your teammates over at Myrtle Beach, man. You're another young man like you're seeing. Of course, one of your buddies now is over at North Carolina. You're going to be in the state of North Carolina. 
Adam Randall, by the way, uh, committed to Clemson. You got your quarterback now who continues to get offers. Man, what's going on up there in, on the Grand Strand on that campus at Myrtle Beach, man? What are you guys drinking Monday through Sunday, brother? Uh, I just got to say the secret, we, we can't <laughs> say too much, but uh, Myrtle Beach football and just Horry County in general, I mean, you've talked about this before, but I really do believe the culture, the way we act, the things we say, and the actions we do, I think makes us different. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I really agree. do believe that. I really, like me and someone were talking about that the other day. People, you can meet people from anywhere. But I feel like if you're from Myrtle Beach, like that just brings people together. And like South Carolina in general. Like when I say Myrtle Beach, I think of Conway, Carolina Forest, Loris, Myrtle's, and like that's all Myrtle Beach in my head. And I feel That's like right. people here really, like, even for me to make this decision, like, the community, like, of course I'm going to miss it. And I would love to stay home, but, like, I feel like East Carolina has really been having a, a calling party for me, so. Well, I tell you what, man, there's a lot of dudes up there. There's a lot of pirates up there I can't wait for you to go play with. There's one wide receiver that's up there now that's from Somerville. That kid is an incredible athlete. Of course, you know, you mentioned two other gentlemen there that we've had on the show here with us. Of course, we're live right now with Sully Harden, who 15 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, committed to East Carolina. He's a pirate. He'll be doing some big things. I can't wait to watch him do some things. And the biggest thing I'm going to tell you, young man, is you already know this is coming. Just make sure you keep coming back home. Make sure you go back over there to Myrtle Beach and go back to that youth department that helped raise you and get you to where you are. And let them see you in that East Carolina gear, standing on the sideline and of course, I can't wait to see it on you and I can't wait to watch you do some big things at the next level, brother. I'm happy for you. I know the stress was there. You and I had talked a bunch off the air. We've made a few phone calls, and, you know, for what it's worth, man, I couldn't tell you, man. It's like watching one of my own getting the opportunity to go to the next chapter, brother. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Yeah, just like you said, you, you always, like, even at the bowl game, like, that was probably the first time we had a legitimate conversation. I mean, you just connected like that. Like, that just shows that, just like what I said again, I'm thankful, one, for meeting you and the whole high school blitz and Southern sports, all of them. And I'm just really thankful for this whole opportunity. It's really a blessing. Well, brother, when it's all said and done, I got you a seat right here at the studio, man. You can start doing this radio stuff, man. So just hang tight, and uh, maybe we'll let you come live from a hospital near you, buddy. Good luck. Congratulations. I'll give you a ring here, of course, uh, in a few and check in with you. But it meant a lot to me for you to answer within a 30-second request and five seconds later, you're sitting here on the radio with me tonight, man. Congratulations. Tell your parents. I said uh, thank you again for all that you've uh, – they've allowed us to let you come on this radio show. And I, I know the Seahawks family up there and all of us, again, like you mentioned, the, the, the grand strand as a whole, man, we're, we're a lot better than I think we get a lot of credit for up there. And guys like you are proving that day in and day out, man. Keep going and go, uh, go Pirates. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. And just like you said, I'm 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 really gonna hold you to it. I'm gonna be up there for my seat. Well, it's yours as soon as you're ready, man. You and I will catch up here soon. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can't get you to do some things down here in Charleston with me now that you've made this commitment. We've got some things going, buddy. But but between me, Eugene, Coach Sands, and of course Brandon Bisco Bing, and all of us here at Southern Sports Central, and I'll speak for Ken Brown and the guys and girls over at the Blitz, man. Congratulations. You're a baller, brother. You're representing the great state of South Carolina, man. Go out there and do your thing, buddy. Good luck. Good job. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll see you. You have a good one. All right, buddy. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We're up against the top of the hour, but I had to do it. Oh, that I have to do it. Congratulations to the big man over there, Sully Harden. He is now committed to East Carolina. They are now getting 
a, a guy that I believe will close the door when the opportunity is there and they need that chip shot or maybe a drain from the 50. He'll get it all said and done. That being said, we're done with hour one. We're heading into hour two, which means the bus is making a an express trip up there with the athletic director, head coach of River Bluff High School, Coach Blair Harden, joining us right out of this, guys. Don't go anywhere. It is time for hour two of Southern Sports Central. to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. gentlemen we've made it up to columbia we're on the campus of river bluff high school with the head football coach the athletic director and if there's an athletic director wearing that rick flair robe it would be this young man coach blair harden coach congratulations on so much success in the 2020 to 2021 year here in the world of sports thank you guys it was uh i'll say this it was an awesome weekend and uh, we're we're still on a high from from the, this past weekend. It's just uh, just been an awesome year. Well, coach, I got a chance. Uh, you know, I, I've uh, this year I, I've been the the voice uh, of, of course the Patriots over at Fort Dorchester, and I actually called that game on Friday. Uh, well, I think it was Tuesday when you guys came down to play the Patriots over there at Fort Dorchester, and I told everybody, I said, my God, these kids put up twenty points within like a minute and a half, and I thought to myself, uh oh. It seems pretty daggum good, and I was exactly right. I mean, you're talking about the coaches to the players from the bench to the floor. I mean, the rotation, it all worked out great. What a great performance you guys put on over the weekend to knock down a big dog out of Dortmund. 
It was incredible. Um, our kids play with such an edge, and uh, Coach Lee, our head coach, just does a tremendous job. And he's actually been the coach since day one. And mm. and they just, you know, they we we fortunate enough to make it through COVID all year without any issues. And our guys, we have a lot of seniors who played together since seventh grade, and and just were playing really really well and at a high level. Uh, played great team basketball, and just I mean played some really good teams. And played well, and it was just – it was awesome. Yeah, and you guys just went through. And and as I was telling everybody on the broadcast, I said, these cats have not missed – or the Gators, I guess. They're Gators, not cats. But the Gators haven't missed a free throw in the first half on that first game of the the first game of the playoffs. And then you guys were draining three-pointers like Larry Bird all over the floor. I was like, man, these kids are just – they're undeniable. One of the best teams in the state right out of what I saw in first two periods. It just, you know, they did the routine things really well, especially in the postseason. Um, the ball movement was great. Uh, really, we had some huge free throws to even get there versus Dutch Fort a few days before. So, um, and shot the three ball well. So, it was just it was just great team, a great team uh, effort, and they just playing really, really well. And it was just, I don't know, it was it was just awesome when, when we walked out on the floor and saw. Uh, saw um norman i mean they have some um looking guys and you know six nine two guys over six seven i said oh this is this is definitely gonna be a challenge especially based off their history but our, our guys just you know it, it, you always tell your team act like you've been there but our team has never been there but they really i think coach lee and the staff did a great job of just keeping the guys focused on on the game plan and just playing another game and not not really getting caught up in the moment and i think that really helped our guys just keep a you know, having a great intensity from the first tip. Hanging out right there on the campus, River Bluff High School, Columbia, South Carolina, with your athletic director, head football coach is where. Coach Blair Harden joining us here tonight on Southern Sports Central. And, Coach, uh, you know, we're talking about your football team because I got a chance to watch you guys, too, by the way, in week one of the playoffs, the same play, same campus that you guys played uh, Fort Dorchester. It seems like you guys in, in Fort now have this, this this rivalry within the state of South Carolina, at least <laughs> – you know, to some conversation. I know you and Coach Pratt are pretty tight buddies as well. He speaks very highly of you uh, with, when we bring your name up, Coach. So it's an honor to have you with us tonight. But well, what's going on over there? I mean, watching what you guys did uh, against a Fort Dorchester team in football before we talk about some other things was, was, that, was incredible to me. I mean, Fort had, had led the state all year in points and, and putting those things up. But you guys defensively put a scheme together. And then, you know, that, that running back that you guys had, I thought was a very impressive back coming out of, I believe he's a senior this year, correct? Yeah, Riley's a senior, and he's going to um, he committed to Georgia military. And uh, we, we knew the task was very tall. Obviously, watching film and and the, just the history that uh, Coach Lapratt has had since he's been there has been tremendous. And we just knew we just uh, kind of like our basketball team. We just got to play within ourselves. We do things just a little bit different on offense and a little bit on defense that you know some teams don't see on a regular basis. And, you know, we're more of an, a spread option style, which is – which, you know, at times can be – it's just kind of who we are. And our kids have really adapted to it. We're, we're going to evolve a little bit this year. But it just helped us stay in the game. And our kids just had a certain confidence within each other um, and, and just continued to fight and, and claw and even to that last field goal. So, it just – it was a heck of a win for our, our young program. And um, we just want to con- continue to move forward. Now, the coach, the, the thing I saw, not only the football, but I saw it in basketball, is the discipline. 
I mean, the selflessness. I mean, all the things and the tangibles, Coach, that you would want your kids to do that. I mean, they win with class. You saw the way that they handled themselves, not only in the football game, but I saw them during the basketball game. I had a chance to talk to some of your parents, and the parents, it's the same thing. What is it about up there at River Bluff? You guys seem like y'all have figured out, you know, the antidotes, if you will, on building what you guys continue to build on. Well, yeah, I, I think everything really starts uh, at the top with our principal, Dr. Clamp. And Dr. Clamp's actually been the principal for 10 years, um, and the school's only eight years old. And just his leadership throughout our admin and to the teachers and to the faculty and, and to the coaches, and it's just contagious. And he is he's very passionate about academics, but he's probably just as passionate about athletics. And, you know, he's, a, he's an old coach himself, so – He's really done a tremendous job of, of just having uh, great people that that love being around each other, and it's just a great nucleus. I mean, we have – it's just a, an awesome environment to come to work every day, and, and everybody's really um, open to help you, And but they, they like to roll up their sleeves and compete and compete at a high level, and you, you've got to have that discipline, uh, which is so important. And it's just kind of been – who we are and within our, within our, our culture of our school. And it's just really neat. And he's done a great job establishing that culture. And it's just, uh, it's kind of a domino effect through our whole community and uh, the way our kids play. Hanging out with the athletic director, the head football coach, uh, a man who's doing a great job with his athletic program over there at River Bluff is coach Blair Harden. Coach, we got wrestling, you guys do that, too, by the way. <laughs> you check that box, too. Uh, I saw you guys last year beat some – I think it was when you guys came in a year ago and played and wrestled Somerville over at Somerville. I think right. you guys actually got that win. It was very impressive as well. But, again, wrestling, a- another conversation. Let's have that conversation quickly because you guys uh, did what you needed to do in a season that if there was ever COVID was a sport, it would have been to me, and I joke about it. Maybe I shouldn't. But wrestling was one of those things that you just – didn't see how it would even start or finish. It was, it was amazing. And Coach Cummings, our head coach, did a tremendous job. And uh, we were fortunate enough to make it all the way through without any issues. And Coach Cummings and our previous coach, Coach Moxie, over the past five years, um, they've competed for state titles or lower state titles every single year. And we just they, they've created a, a dynamic a tradition and culture that's contagious and and there's just such a high expectation uh, year in and year out. And, you know, we went down to Somerville this year, and it was, it was just a dogfight in that gym. And it was, it was fiery, and, and our guys competed to the last one. We had, uh, had a guy out, but came up a little short to go to the, back to the state championship. But our wrestling program has been incredible, and they just continue just to, to keep that tradition going each year. Yeah, no doubt, Coach. Now, for you being the athletic director to see all this success, I mean, it definitely makes your job a little bit easier, I would imagine. Or maybe it does. Maybe it makes it tough. And then you got to put on that football hat, Coach, and, and, and hear these guys in wrestling and, and basketball looking at you saying, "Okay, well, this is what we did, Coach. What what what, what do you got in, in, in the uh, in the bucket here?" You know, it's 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 still a young school, and that's one thing that's really awesome is we're we're still young and we're our oldest alumni, I think, is 25 years old, so we don't really have a, a big alumni base right now, but we're just trying to grow and and just really get better each year. Now, Coach, when when you look at this, and, and, and we'll we'll leave on the athletic director's hat on for you, Coach, because uh, about a month now, I guess, they decided they were going to let us go through spring ball for us uh, to play 
you know, the practices and do the things for our fall sports. And that's a huge deal for so many reasons and so many ways. How excited were you when you saw the, the board say it was, it was a unanimous vote to allow our athletes not only in the football, but all of our fall sports play the, uh, at least get some of this practice in in the spring. It was absolutely incredible. I mean, just to, just to see that we can kind of get back to normalcy and have a, uh, really an open season this spring and then get to um, have a normal summer. Uh, just for our kids and our coaches, it was just such a relief uh, as we move forward through this pandemic. Now, when you look at it coming in the spring, by the way, I think your baseball team and your, your, a lot of your spring sports are slated to do some big things here coming forward. You know, what kind of protocols have you guys put in place in your district to, to prepare yourself to make sure that you're going to do everything you can to make sure that not only the, the, the spring season starts, but it finishes as well? Well, just continue to stay true to the protocols, uh, which is very important. And, you know, we've got some spring sports that are played at an extremely high level. So uh, just really try to just stay healthy um, through these protocols and continue to move forward. You know, it's almost like tracking a hurricane for Jim Cantore when it comes down to you athletic directors and you decision makers at the state of South Carolina high school that you do a great job with. Now, let's talk a little bit about, before I get you out of here, Coach, about coming up here in the uh, in the fall. Do you like the aspect of us starting after Labor Day, or do you want to kind of keep it at week zero the way it's been? Um, I really, you know, with, with the heat, especially here in the Midlands, I, I think it is a positive uh, to start after Labor Day. Um it really allows you to get in a rhythm with your school. I think it's also very important as well. So I do think there are some positives from a heat standpoint. And also you're able to start school because with the old schedule, you, uh, you, you actually playing your first game and you weren't even in school. So I just think that helps uh, from a different few angles. Now, when you look at the other side of this spectrum, Coach, uh, of course, we saw that May 31st is a dead period. You've got the transport portal. Now, again, athletic director, head football coach, this hits uh, pretty close to you in your own backyard. Of course, they have two signing periods. We've seen college football, and even from the high school to the college, it's taken quite a different turn in a lot of aspects. What's your thoughts when it comes down to helping these young men and maybe some of the young women get to play college football at the next level with these new rules and things that have been in place? You know, actually, as a coach, you got to think a little differently. I guess how you're just going to give information to a lot of these coaches because they can't come on campus. They can't talk or really see your recruits. So just being creative, ways to try to put film together, get things out to these schools so you can continue that process uh, with recruiting. Now, Coach, when we look at some of the playoffs here coming up, and, again, I'm sure that they've tabled the conversation of when or when, if, They'll talk about what it looks like for the 2021 year coming up here. Last year, two teams got in, which meant, of course, that that Cinderella story never was a possibility. Of course, a lot of us like that. We mentioned Saluda and other schools who made it from being one of the last teams in to making it to a state championship conversation. But your thoughts uh, back in the day when it comes down to the playoffs going forward, do you like having a smaller kind of you got to get in during the season, or do you like having that extra team kind of find a way to get in? Um, I, I like, you know, when you have more teams in the playoffs personally. Um, I, I do think it was very competitive this year, which is a good thing as well. So I really think there's pros to to both systems. Right. Yeah, and I agree with you, Coach. I like it because it makes every game, and I'm not saying they don't count, but, boy, they count a lot more when you got to win the games you're in. It's kind of like what you're seeing in college 
football. Now, what was what, what landed you over there where you're at now, Coach? Uh, can you tell us uh, and kind of? Uh, I don't want to keep you long because I know you've got a lot of responsibilities here tonight around your campus. But what landed you over there at, at that big school at River Bluff? And, and, and tell us a little bit about your back history from high school to where you are today. Well, I'd be happy to. I'm, I'm originally from uh, Kannapolis, North Carolina, and then I uh, attended the Citadel, and right out of graduation, started teaching and coaching in North Carolina. And I was at Providence and Audrey Kell High School before taking the head job in 2008 at Porter Ridge. And in about 2014, was fortunate enough to go to North Myrtle Beach High School and was there three, three years. And when I was in North Carolina, I heard about River Bluff because it was built – I think my last year in North Carolina, and I heard about this nice school in Lexington, and, and I have a few of my best friends from the Citadel are from this area. So I visited a few times and was looking to start a family, and I said, this would be a great place to raise a family, and kids can get a great education. And when I was at North Myrtle, I, I applied and was fortunate to come up and interview and meet Dr. Clamp, and, and here I am. So it just, you know, I've got to pinch myself every day. I, I come to this facility, and just around these awesome people, but it's just such an incredible place and just been real blessed and fortunate. Let me ask you this on Friday nights in North Carolina, you always hear this and I know you hear this a lot. Like we do coach the difference between North and South Carolina on football. Is there a big difference in your opinion that you've grown up of course in that area? Now you're coaching down in the state of South Carolina. What is their separation when it comes to between these two States? I think the biggest thing is, there's a few more resources in South Carolina and you have more time to actually spend with your athletes in South Carolina as well. I think those are the two biggest things that I've evaluated, just the time and the resources and really the media coverage. I mean, in in North Carolina, you have 406 high schools and in South Carolina, I think there's roughly 210. So just, it's hard for the media to cover 406 high schools. So I think that the media coverage is definitely a lot better as well. Well, I tell you what, we enjoy being a part of it and you allowing us to do what we do here with you tonight and allowing us to talk to your players and coaches, which we've done here in the last so many years. Now, Coach, final thing for you, because, again, I don't want to keep you too long because I want to get you back when we request you, but give us some advice here. Give a young athlete anywhere across the country, maybe not even here in South Carolina, that's listening, who feels like this is their senior year and they haven't heard anything yet. They want to keep playing sports. They want to play football at the next level, Coach. What would you recommend to this young person when it comes to getting an opportunity to keep that dream alive? I think the biggest thing is I tell all of our players is there is a place for everyone. If you have a dream to play college football at any level, I think you just you, you have to have the right mindset. Um, you have to get it done in the classroom, um, and, and you, have to, you have to communicate with your head coach and your parents. And I think communication – with parents, uh, to the athlete, and with the head coach. Um, I think all those are very, very important because if you – and we, you have to have those conversations about, you know, where do you want to study? Where do you see yourself living? Um, do you feel like it's a good fit from a football standpoint? So all those things um, are so important. And the biggest thing, I think, as well, is with your grades, you've got to stay conditioned and stay in the weight room. Um, staying in the weight room, uh, playing multiple sports – I think just because colleges really look forward to to guys that compete at high levels um, in track, baseball, wrestling, football, basketball. And I think just play as many sports as you can in high school while keeping your grades up and just have that communication with your parents, have that communication with your head coach, and just as work as hard as you can. 
Now, Coach, before we get you out of here, you knew it was coming. Uh, of course, uh, l- let's talk about your parents playing a big role in your life and playing a big role in, in-, in the things that you've done. I know your dad, of course. Uh, yeah, let- Let's talk a little bit about that. And, and that's kind of helped push you or maybe lead you into the road that you're on now. Let's say I, I have painted my, my share of practice fields growing up, I'll say that. And just both <laughs> my parents being educators, um, I really fell in love with Bermuda grass, probably about five years old because we were my twin brother and I were always on the field. And, and we just grew up around the game and, and just were able to just have great relationships with coaches and, and a lot of my dad's players. And just really when you're young, you look up to these guys. Um, you know, we played uh, with some awesome guys back home in Kannapolis. And, you know, I really I really didn't see myself getting into coaching until my last year at the Citadel. And I said, you know, I, I really enjoy football, but I wasn't I wasn't crazy about being a teacher. But it just – it's the best decision I've ever made. And I, I think teaching and coaching are is probably one of the best professions there is to, to really impact young people. And it's just – it's been a blessing for my for, for our family because uh, lifelong educators and and I don't I don't know what else I do I can't sing or dance so I guess we'll try to coach a little football again. <laughs> uh, I tell you, you guys are singing and dancing up there right now. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> of course, we're live with the athletic director, head football coach of River Bluff. These uh, guys won a state championship in basketball over the weekend. Uh, and, and you know the the fun part, we had a the coach in here from Marble County, and he spoke so highly of your dad and. And, of course, Eugene, I'm going to let you chime in here for a second, too, buddy. I know you've joined us now as well. Uh, but but there's just – there's a lot of legacies that we talk about. Coach McKissick's one of those guys for me. Of course, I got a chance to be a part of his his run there for 600, which ended up becoming a, a, a national conversation and, and being the most uh, – he's won more than anybody. But but the conversations when your dad comes up from, like, the coach from Marble County, the impact that he has on his life as a coach, I mean, to me, that's, that's just an amazing conversation, Coach. You know, I always say, I tell people about my dad is he was, he was just a master of people and he, he's impacted. I mean, coached for 52 years in high school football and just the, the people that he's impacted in North Carolina and, you know, guys like Bobby that are now in South Carolina, it's just been, um, it's just been awesome to see. And just uh, a lot of people, when we, when we start, first started coaching, they said, you want to be like your dad. And I said, you know, kind of those expectations, you know, being like your dad. And I said, if I'm, if I'm in the same category as him, then that's that's, not, that's a good thing. And I guess the best part about it is you can you call him dad. And you know when we played for him, we called him coach. But when we get in the car and go home, we call him dad. So just having that having that mentor because you know he was in the same profession that my brother and I in. And you know you always have a, a great resource of it, any situation and just getting that advice just to help you through a situation that you might not know or experience. And just having that guidance um, has really just been fortunate. And, uh, uh, Coach, this is uh, Eugene here, and uh, we actually met, I think, um, right after your parents, uh, actually, your dad moved in uh, yeah. to uh, Mount Pleasant, and we uh, got together right before Thanksgiving. But, um, you know, and, and it, I was sitting there listening to Bobby the other night, and it, it was just so much what he experienced with uh, Coach Harden, meaning your father, <laughs> uh, so many years ago was the things that I was experiencing four years ago. And, you know, just the rise, you know, I was telling him that at the time, you know, he was waiting on the season to end so he could get that hip surgery. So he didn't want to climb up and not down the bus. And so, you know, I pulled the truck up and he rode with me to every game, home or away. And just there's so much that you just learn from him and the experiences, whether it be in that Army or the Citadel or Lafayette or 
or, you know, one of the high schools in North Carolina to, you know, to taking on a job in, in a, a very tough part of Charlotte and turning those guys into winners and even, um, you know, future NFL coaches. It was just – it was such a, a joy and pleasure. Um, one, and, and one of the things I was telling uh, Bobby about as well was, you know, the day they were moving in, um, Coach Harden was up at the school in a team meeting, so I was <laughs> – I was helping the movers get things situated, and you keep and I kept running across all these, you know, the, these historical or, or these, you know, almost like artifacts, like his rocking chair from the state of North Carolina that had the emblem for for all those wins, and it was just it, it, it's such an amazing thing to see, you know, for someone who who has you know this great career, and oh by the way, every once in a while I bump into him, he's still over at Oceanside as a substitute teacher, so right. <laughs> I just. I always joke, and I'm like, man, uh, I guess you're never really going to retire. And, you know, I, I know he's really not looking forward to the day where, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have anything to do because he, he loves being around young people. And I think that's one of the biggest things you and your brother picked up um, from your parents was just that, that giving back, that, that seeing the joy of success in kids and kind of helping them through some tough times and just kind of being that mentor. That's right. I mean, he uh, the one thing that we're trying to keep him busy because between my brother and I now, he's going to have four granddaughters. So that's that's definitely going to keep hopefully keep him busy. And and he, you know, he still reads and tries to stay sharp with the game. And he's on my huddle account, my brothers, and he watches practice every day. I promise you. And if, if there's a if there's a fault step <laughs> um, by a lineman, or if there's a fault a bad read by a linebacker. Um, I will definitely get that message. I promise you. So he's he's definitely very thorough in his film breakdown. Uh, for sure. So it's just, uh, it's just been awesome. And just to learn from him and then to call him a dad as well. Yeah. And, uh, and you mentioned your brother, he's uh, taken over a very storied program there in Charlotte as well. Uh, I tried to see how they were going uh, so far in the season. Uh, a lot of people look at Charlotte Catholic and they, I mean, Charlotte uh, Latin, and they think that they're, you know, uh, it's a smaller school or whatnot, but uh, you know, they have several state titles in that program and I know your brother's doing his best to keep them rolling uh, in a very competitive league there in Charlotte. Right. Charlotte, I think they've won 11 state championships in the past 25 years. And you know, they've they put out multiple, at least 10-plus NFL players. And so he, he is, he's at a great school, too. Um, and they have a rich tradition. And uh, he, he does a heck of a job. He is a, he's a great coach. And we've had a coach against each other a few times when we were in North Carolina, and it was – it was a battle, I'll say that. Yeah, now uh, switching gears a little bit as athletic director and coach, I'll tell you, I have seen your facilities, and I was talking to one of the baseball players uh, from Berkeley that was up there this weekend, and I said, what do you think of the facilities? And he just he just kind of laughed and, and, and messaged me back like, like wow, you're right. And, uh, you know, I've had a chance to kind of walk that trail and, and over the bridge and see the waterfalls through campus there and uh, your baseball facilities, top-notch football facility is amazing. I, I've literally seen colleges that don't have the facilities you have. It's such an amazing treat, you know, and, and to be able to, to showcase those facilities and use it. Um, and where I want to go real quick uh, is, you know, looking at facilities like you have and you coach other plays, uh do you personally feel uh, that that facilities make a, a world of difference when it comes to you know the success of the athletes on the field? I, I don't. Um, I, I think they. I think our student athletes know that we're really blessed 
but it's we have tremendous leadership from our head coaches and they do a great job of you know really taking pride in our facilities like we're playing a baseball game right now and our baseball uh, coach coach bonnet does a tremendous job of just keeping it in, i mean in immaculate shape 365 and and so we have great coaches that do a great job of maintaining their facility um so we just keep it in pristine shape and just take that pride. We, we know we're very fortunate and blessed to have a great facility, but our coaches and our hold our players accountable to invest and, you know, be, be humble for what you have and just don't take it for granted because, you know, this, this, this place is very special. Wrapping it up here with their head coach of the football program, the athletic director of all the programs and a state championship trophy that will be in that locker or in, in the hallway over there at River Bluff High School is their athletic director, Blair Harden, joins us here, Coach. Uh, first of all, who who you guys playing tonight? Who, who Who's on the diamond with you guys uh, tonight? So we're playing Greenville tonight, and they've got a stud pitcher. There's about 20 scouts here. And then we've wow. got lacrosse in the stadium versus Hammond. So we've we've got a packed house tonight. <laughs> and I tell you what, man, I, I, I give a lot of love to the, to the uh, course, the coaches, but you're not only a coach, you're an athletic director and your wife, by the way, uh, you know, that's the backbone of that great success over there. I believe it because, you know, she's with you when you guys win and lose and you don't have a season that ends. It, it, it never really ends or begins. It's just kind of an ongoing conversation. Right, coach. Uh, that's right. A hundred percent agree. I mean, everything starts at home and, Erica's my wife, and she is awesome. We've got two little girls that are four and two, and another one will be here in June. So um, we, uh, it's, it's busy at work, and it's fun. It's not busy when we go home. We call that fun when you get home. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, it's been a lot of fun here tonight. It means a lot to us, and I want to keep having you and your players and your coaches over there on, on the campus at River Bluff High School. I want to congratulate you on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central on a big win this past weekend, uh, of course, uh, taking home the trophy, uh, of course, uh, I guess with the lower state. How about that? The lower state doesn't get a lot of trophies here in the last few years, but you guys at River Bluff right. made sure that we get to say that we did that this weekend. So uh, congratulations yes. on that and way to take care of the lower state. Yes, sir. Well, we appreciate what you guys do. And you guys are always welcome. So, Eugene, come, come on. You guys come by anytime. And uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. And go Gators. You got it, Coach. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. He is the athletic director, the head football coach. And tonight was a big-time five-star Ric Flair introduction into Southern Sports Central. Quick break. Come back. We're not done yet, guys. 7.30. It is a little after that now. So we're heading to to Hillcrest with the Rams and their head coach, Anthony Freight, right out of this, guys. Don't go anywhere. I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around And the rumpus and rock, it's so comfortable now Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow So I got an apartment across from the park Put quinoa in my fridge, still I'm not feeling right Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow Here we go
feel like I'm gonna puke Cause my taxes are due Do my password begin with a one or a two Been a hell of a ride But I'm thinking it's time to grow Man, I'm up to something Booty la do thank you all for coming I hope you like the show, cause it's on a budget So ooty la do yeah Come on, here we go, yeah Come on, here we go Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And give us a call at 323-784-9681. Let's rejoin Richie and Eugene on Southern Sports Central. Good evening on a Monday night. I am Richie Alton alongside Eugene Benton here on Southern Sports Central. Coming to you live from the Charleston, South Carolina, region of the state of South Carolina. I want to thank uh, the athletic director, head football coach at River Bluff High School, Blair Harden, first of many, hopefully, that we get him in here with us and talk some sports. And, again, uh, congratulations to their basketball program on winning a state championship. And, uh, again, you know, taking care of business against a very good, very, very good dormant team out of the upstate. Again, we look back at the list of things. Again, there are – uh, some more coaches. We're going to get some basketball coaches next week, by the way. We wanted to give them a week to kind of breathe a little bit. Because they haven't had a lot of that, right? They've had a lot of stopping and going and going and stopping. And well, we want them to stop here on the show next week. So we will be entertained by them. But right now, and, and again, I want to bring in this next guy who I'm really excited about catching up with. Uh, I believe we had him and he just fell off, but he'll get him in here in just a minute. But this guy coming up here next is, uh, is a guy who's, a player's coach. He, he's one of those guys who I believe is continuing to build something over there at Hillcrest with the Rams. And uh, that's coach Anthony Freight as uh, he'll be joining us here in just a little bit to talk about what's happening over there with the Rams and football program as he is again, he's an educator uh, Monday through Friday, as well as Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, he does it big. And with that, let's bring him in in style guys. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Like that, ladies and gentlemen, the bus has made it all the way up to Greenville, South Carolina, at the Hillcrest High School with their head football coach, Anthony Freight. Coach Freight, welcome to Southern Sports Central. How are you tonight? And I'm pumped up. I got you on the show. It didn't get much better than this at 7.30 on that Monday night, Coach. I'm excited. I'm pumped up. Got that rock introduction for you. 
<laughs> well, I like that. I like a little rock and roll. <laughs> so, Coach, talk to us, man. How's life up there, of course, uh, at Hillcrest, man? What's been happening since the, you guys have put up the pads and kind of reevaluated what to do and, and where to go here coming up in the new season just in a few months? Well, you know, as, as soon as we finished up, we just kind of, um, you know, reevaluated kind of where we're at personnel-wise and got back in the weight room and went back to work. And um, we've been lifting uh, during school, after school ever since. And uh, we just had a rummage sale this weekend and uh, raised a little bit of a little bit of money and served the community. Uh, we've been trying to connect with the community a lot since, uh, you know, this, this break from COVID where we've kind of, uh, been sheltered from them and um, you know we're just trying to do all the right things to take the next step forward with our program hanging out up in Greenville South Carolina with the head football coach right. Hillcrest Rams and of course uh, that of course will be coach Anthony Freight now coach you had to be ecstatic when you saw the vote come out and that you guys are going to be doing some spring ball in a few months here I mean how exciting is that not to mention you're in the gym with your players I would imagine as well yeah, you know, it was it, it was a huge relief because, you know, last year offensively re, we replaced 11 starters. You know, both our quarterbacks were sophomores. Um, our leading receiver out of the backfield was a sophomore. Uh, we had a sophomore and junior dominated line, and, and we were very young offensively, and we didn't get to just in the summer. We didn't get spring ball. So we were definitely handcuffed a little bit going into the start of the year. We had to keep things simple and not execute people. And we are really looking forward to the opportunity to lace it up and air it out and, uh, you know, flick it around a little bit and, and, you know, get the ball to some people out in space and do some things a little bit differently this year because we can actually uh, have some time spent to uh, try and execute those things in the spring and then hopefully the summer as well. Now, Coach, you talk about doing things differently. I tell you what, for you coaches, you guys all deserve some trophies of all being, you know, going outside the box and having to do things in the uh, abnormal season with a shorter season. The playoffs were different. Everything was different. Now the the dead period has moved back to May 31st. You have to compete with now this thing called a transfer portal. you got so many things. Man, how do you sleep and how do you keep up with it all? And, and tell me, what's it been like for you this year and how's it keep – you know, trans. You know, you you have to almost kind of be a chameleon. We have to kind of change as, as the seasons change. Yeah, well, you know, it's you know, it's again. I'm a football coach, so again, you're going to sit here and you're going to throw out all the cliches, and you got to control only the things you can control, and you got to be part of the solution, not part of the problem, and all that stuff. And you know, there is uh, a ton of truth to that, and you've just got to learn to be uh, probably most importantly. Uh, a good communicator uh, amongst your staff and your players and, um, you know, be able to show them that uh, you're all on the same page so that they have confidence in your plan. And, uh, you know, that's all we've really done is try and stay in this thing together and work hard to communicate well with each other and, uh, you know, provide an opportunity for our kids that, felt like a really solid opportunity regardless of whatever the circumstances were or regardless of what the limitations were on us. Hanging out up there, of course, Greenville, South Carolina at Hillcrest High School. The Rams are on the board here tonight with their head football coach, Anthony Freight. Now, Coach, uh, let me ask you this thoughts here. When you see some changes, one of those is these prep schools, Myrtle Beach, 
has now got one. Columbia's got one. You're seeing them pop up everywhere. Do you feel like this is kind of the new trend, some of the new things that's going on now that the coaches in college are even hiring coaches and all they do is manage a transfer portal? Do you see that this is kind of the new way of, of, of recruiting when it comes down to getting these kids at least the basics out of the way and then they go into that portal? Yeah, you know, it's always changing, you know, and it, and it always has been something that's changed. And right now this is just the phase that we're in. Um, you know, I, I can speak in terms of, you know, the college recruiting part of everything. It's changed so much in the past five years, uh, just since, you know, uh, I've been, uh, you know, from a coordinator to a head coach, it's changed a ton. And then certainly, you know, in the high school levels change a bunch in that amount of time too. And, you know, the stance we, we take at Hillcrest and we will always take at Hillcrest is we're going to recruit our own players and we're going to recruit our own players to play from our own hallways. And we're going to do everything we can to make them have the best possible experience that they could possibly have. And uh, we've got a very strong tie to a great junior Rams program with eight U, 10 U and 12 U and a bunch of great coaches down there. And they compete for championships yearly. And, uh, we try to bridge that that um, that community piece there with them and, and support them. And then, obviously, they turn into our D-team players, C-team players, JV and varsity. So that's kind of the approach we take. And, you know, there's always going to be kids that decide to bounce here and bounce there. And, you know, that's, that's just part of it right now. But I think at a school like Hillcrest, uh, you know, you're always going to have an opportunity to compete and be pretty darn good because of the – the number of kids that we have and um, just the kind of blue collar people that are around in the area, kids that want to work, uh, you know, a community that wants to work. It's really a great place to be. Great place to be here tonight with us live. Anthony Freight, he is the head football coach over there, of course, at Hillcrest High School, the Rams in Greenville, South Carolina. Coach, tell us about some of the kids that uh, you, you will see graduate this year, some of the playmakers you had. And uh, let's give them a little bit of a senior moment because I feel like they just didn't get, you know, the dues that they yeah. deserve because of not having a pep rally and multiple things they lost out on. Yeah, I think I think the two, uh, you know, one offensively certainly that's it's huge for us, and you know, was Jameel McDaniel. He was our running back. He averaged a hundred yards a ball game, and um, you know, isn't a guy that could fly, but he would pound the rock and found a way to get a hundred yards in just about every game. And um, he did a great job and his leadership was great as well. Um, we had a lineman by Gerald, uh, Gerald Bryant, uh, that was also a captain. Um, he wrestled as well. He was a member of the state championship wrestling team. Um, and uh, he's, he's a phenomenal young man and um, he's, he's going to be moving on. Uh, Shamari Aiken played both ways. Uh, he played corner and wide receiver for us, and uh, hopefully we find him a home. And uh, He's a big play kind of guy and explosive and did some great things for us on both sides of the ball. Tyshawn Phelps uh, was a wide receiver for us that made some big catches in our close game against T.L. Hanna uh, this year. Uh, you know, ran a couple really good routes, and our, our young quarterback, quarterback was able to give him the ball. Uh, and then on the, the defensive side of the ball, you know, we had Justin Alsup and Ajari on Hampton that were two outside linebackers that kind of held down the fort over there and did a great job, and I was really proud of them. Uh, A.J. Sullivan played on the back half and, and um, 
you know, also did a great job there. So um, I'm sure I left somebody out there as I kind of think through it. But, man, we we had a really good group last year, and they played really hard. And I I feel really bad that they didn't get to play more games. And um, it's also a tough little recruiting situation, too, with everybody getting an extra year eligibility. So some of those kids are really good. Jamil got accepted to the Citadel, and, um, you know, I would love to see him go play there. And um, we're we're really proud of all, all those young men. Now, Coach, I saw this, and I think it was in Kentucky, that they actually allowed – I, I don't like this, but I want to get your thoughts on it because I feel like you, you, you would put this to bed for me. But in Kentucky, I think you already know where I'm going with this, that they're allowing these kids to come back for their senior year. Yeah. Hey, I don't know what you're going to take. I guess it's, it's just a different deal. Do you feel like that's something that other schools and other states should look at just because these young men and women, not just in football but in other sports, didn't really have a chance, a fair shake? because of the free athletic season that these kids in college got? You know, that's a tough question to answer because, you know, at some point if you open the floodgates, you know, and I've always thought this about a lot of things, but Mm -hmm. at some point the cycle has to stop. So if, if you allow those seniors to come back and be seniors again, then, you know, what about those juniors that were going to be seniors? And then certainly, you know, with this recruiting cycle uh, for the, for these seniors that that are in college that are able to come back and play again, um, they're going to hurt perhaps some of those juniors uh, that they're on the team with right now. And um, the whole idea of, you know, not getting yours and not getting your opportunity is a tough situation. And I don't really know personally what the right answer is. I just know uh, a lot of times in life uh, you get dealt a, you know, a hand of cards, it's tough to deal with. And you got to play with them as best you can. And, you know, all I've tried to do uh, in talking to our young men is uh, promote them to colleges. I I encourage them to go to a college that they feel home, uh, uh, a sense of home uh, in terms of their attendance at that school, they feel comfortable. And then perhaps a place where they could eventually walk on there to, to play football because these scholarships might not be dropping until, you know, next Christmas. And um, if they're sitting there on campus and they're working hard, you know, they may only have to pay for a semester of, of school and then they get picked up next winter. So it's a, it's an interesting deal. And I don't really know what my take is on it. I just know that it's a really tough situation. No doubt about it, Coach. Final thing I want to know, of course, uh, you know, I'm looking at your area code. It doesn't look like a South Carolina area code. Kind of tell us <laughs> what landed <laughs> and, and I've heard a few different things. But I can definitely tell that, you, you know, you may not be from South Carolina, but what landed you over there in Greenville at that great high school at Hillcrest? And, and kind of give us the backstory well, if you got a few minutes. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's, you know, I can give you the, the short version. Certainly, um, you know, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I went to Mentor High School, the biggest school in the state uh, at the time. I played my football there, and then I went on to play at Division Three Mountain Union. And, um, you know, I had a great uh, experience playing there and got into college coaching from there. And I spent uh, about five or six years in the college ranks at small colleges, North Carolina Wesleyan, uh, Emory & Henry, uh, along with Mount Union and um, coached some really great guys. You know, all the guys I was around were winners. Um, you know, I had a master's degree. I was 28 years old and I was looking around and I'm like, you know, wow, I'm working a hundred hours a week and here I am with no benefits making $17,000 a year. 
So it was one of those deals where I got into public education and I had an education degree and that was the original plan for me was to, to teach and coach. And uh, I took a job at Patton high school in North Carolina and um, was there for a few years and, and, you know, coach uh, Mac Mahan down at Emerald high school has some ties to East Burke or I'm sorry to Burke County. Uh, he was actually at, he wasn't at East Burke. He was at freedom high school. And uh, I was at Patton, which was the new school in the district. And, Ended up landing a job with him at Emerald and bounced from Emerald to Lawrence to Wren to, to Hillcrest and finally got my head coaching debut there. And uh, that's been kind of the, the trail that I blazed. And um, it's it's wild to think that, you know, out of high school, I got recruited, you know, to go play at Furman. And I laughed at it. And I was like, South Carolina, yeah, right, you know. We're, like, I'll ever go down there. And then here I am living 15 minutes away from it. And, uh I couldn't be happier and couldn't be in a better situation. So that's kind of my background and how it happened and uh, very thankful and uh, definitely very pleased with my situation. It's uh, a very unique and, and awesome community that I get to be a part of. Well, we're we're glad to be a part of it here tonight with you guys over at Hillcrest. Of course, the Rams will uh, do some big things in 21, led by their head football coach, Coach Anthony Freight, right there from uh, OHIO, of course, Ohio that's right. uh, is your background, right? You, if you walk in any, I don't care. And, I, and this is the fun part for me because uh, a, a guy that I look up to, like a brother is from Ohio. And, uh, you know, he, of course, uh, we would walk into Lowe's down here in Charleston and he would say, watch this. And I would yell, he would yell, OH. And down, we'd be on one. And somebody down on 17 would yell out, OIO. And I was like, man, that's pretty that's cool. Right. And I, I think it's a tradition. It, so. Anytime you throw out the OH, you expect to get an IO back, so that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the call right there on, on whether or not someone is truly an Ohioan. Yeah, and, and matter of fact, Eugene, who of course uh, helps me here on the show, he produces and, and, and hangs out with me on the Voice as well. You know, he was actually at a camp there in Ohio, and of course, he had me on speakerphone. Worst mistake Eugene can make is putting me or anybody put me on speakerphone, and I yell out OH, and the whole pool yelled back IO at me, and they tell us the coolest thing Absolutely. in the world i was like man that's my whole life Absolutely. is, is uh, things like that coach uh what, what do we look forward to you guys this year you guys got a lot of guys coming back a lot of rams ready to roll yeah, over the season do. and do some big things yeah we do you know we're, we're gonna miss you know six or seven of those seniors but you know we've got um you know really we've got two sophomore quarterbacks coming back and um that'll be juniors. We've got a starting freshman receiver that'll be a sophomore. Um, you know, the rest of our receivers that were underclassmen last year will be juniors and seniors. Uh, everybody on our offensive line will be back except for one, um, all of which saw substantial time. So really five, all five guys that are back, it started a game at one point. So our offense is, you know, pretty much intact. Um, you know, our running back who did a great job out of the backfield catching the ball last year, Logan Cauldron will probably be um, our our go-to guy in the backfield. Um, and then defensively, you know, we return a, a, a young group up front, but, you know, we expect big things out of them. That'll be held down by Jacorian Bird, our, our nose guard, who um, just placed down at state wrestling match uh, this past weekend and won a state championship wrestling. This year, our Mike linebacker, Jeremy Bland, uh, will be a leader on defense. He he did a great job last year, and uh, he'll be back again. And 
uh, you know, Isaiah Lee, who, uh, unlike those other two that are seniors, he's going to be a junior next year. And he's a six foot three, 200 pound free safety that can do it all. He's got all the tools to be a big time player. So, you know, those would be the guys returning. Um, and then we certainly have a bunch of talented guys, um, that are going to be stepping into the other positions. I think probably the most unique situation or the, the, the most unique thing about the group coming up is, um, you know, these rising seniors as JV and ninth grade players, they didn't lose any games. And these rising 10th graders, I'm sorry, rising 11th graders didn't lose any JV games or ninth grade games either. So they, they know about winning and we were in the region with Burns and Dorman and Spartanburg and Gaffney at that time where we're in with all of them. And these young men have a lot of confidence. They've played against good programs, and uh, they're really looking forward to the challenge ahead. Well, they got the right general, the right coach to make it all happen as we're live right now, wrapping it up with, of course, uh, Coach Anthony Freight, the head football coach at Hillcrest High School, the Rams. Well, they will look to do some big things in the year 2021. The season will begin before we know it. Coach, I want to say thank you again for hanging out with us tonight. This is the first of many, by the way. It means a lot that we cover and smother the state in high school sports here on Southern Sports Central. But to have coaches like you join us tonight, man, A, it just makes us look better, sound better, and educates our listeners across the board. Well, we appreciate you all offering us this opportunity and the platform, you know. Um, you know, I think it's important in today's day and age for us to be able to communicate with the the communities and the various communities along the state. And uh, we just appreciate the opportunity to showcase our program because uh, we are just fighting and scratching and clawing over there in Simpsonville to make Hillcrest the shining star. So uh, we appreciate everything you've done for us. Well, God bless you, Coach, your family. We appreciate you again. You. We will do this very soon, Coach. Enjoy the rest of the night. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. And there you go, guys. So a little programming here, uh, Eugene, and I'm going to bring you in here, my man, as uh, we, we're going to go, we'll go dead red about 8 o'clock or 7.57. And then at 8 o'clock, we're going to be tweeting out another link because uh, we're going to have to uh, run another hour on, on another site there. Of course, it'd be right here on Southern Sports Central, but we'll give you another link to hit up on. So if you're listening now, you want to go to Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Eugene will be putting out that link over there. And then on yep. Twitter at SO Sports Central, that's already over there as well because we got Coach Robin Bacon, the head coach of Spring Valley, coming in here at 8 o'clock. So, Eugene, uh, you know, again, nice interview.